they're small. They're, hey, but be careful because the chingan, they don't, not the chingan, the un chingazo. Little by little, they start chipping away, bro. And they take away, little by little, they quitan la cultura. Hey, Too Hard, Too Fast podcast, where we try to broaden perspectives through people's stories, but usually we just end up going off the rails. Today's episode, we have a hometown bar. And I say hometown bar because obviously I'm from San Antonio. This bar is in San Antonio. It's called Hymas Place. And it's based in the heart of San Antonio, El Hueso. West side of San Antonio. Ya tu sabes, para mi gente de San Antonio. Hey, puro pinche West Side. <laughs> What's have, up, Georgie? What's up, man? We have no none other than Jaime from Jaime's Place. Um, pretty new bar. It's been around, what, Jaime, uh, a year or two years? Well, a, a year and a few months. We opened up October 9th of 2020. Smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, we're, we're call it crazy, but yeah, that's what happened. They're in the middle of the pandemic. Let's go. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it took for you to open it, especially through that pandemic, uh, where nobody was going out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you my story, my experience of visiting your bar and we'll see what, what kind of things we get into. Um, but sit back, buckle up. Let's go too hard. Too fast. Boom. <laughs> Put that pinche seatbelt on. Come on now. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Because, dude, I'm, I'm Too Hard, Too Fast 24 fucking 7, dog. You know? <laughs> I am Westside, Colorado, and Commerce, a heartbeat of San Antonio, baby. The podcast of the century. It's the <laughs> all right, Jaime. First of all, are you from San Antonio? Born and raised. I was born March fourth, nineteen sixty-five. Seems wow. like a long time. It, it seems like a long time ago, but you know, uh, my jefita is ninety-five years old, right? And she's as sharp as a tack. And I asked her, I go, mis papas son de Mexico, son de Monterrey. Y le digo, le pregunta mamá. I said, mami, se pasaron pronto los años. Did the years go by fast? And she looks at me and she goes, pronto. So if 95 years have whizzed by, you know, 1965, my mom was born in 1926. Can you believe that? 1926, and she says that her life has zoomed by. So, I mean, what what hope do we have, brother? I mean, Shing out. Uh, life flies by, man. You best make the best of it. Oh, man, I believe that, man. Like I said, well, I was actually, I didn't say it, but I was thinking, dude, I really feel like I was thinking about it today. I was, uh, you know, Tom Brady, while at the time, that of this recording, Tom Brady retires. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you're a football fan. I don't like talking sports on this, uh, on this podcast, but. Especially if it's not about the Cowboys. It's not about the Cowboys. Well, that's a lot of sad times. I grew up a Cowboys fan and, you know, it hurts. <laughs> it does hurt. Yeah. But, you know, I, there were, I was 
you know how they do it. Like on the TV, all they do is talk about Tom Brady and his career. And so different highlights that passed by, and I was like, oh, man, that was five years ago? Yeah. Like, it felt like it was just yesterday. I'm telling you, brother. I'm telling you, Jorge. I mean, you, you might as well. It's like I've got four uh, kids, right, from 30 to 25 years old. And I tell them, if you're going to fail, fail fast, man. Right now that you have very little responsibilities, fail as often and as much as needed so you can get all that education out from under you, right? Get it. Learn. Learn from your mistakes. If you don't make a mistake, it's because you ain't doing a damn thing, bro. Yeah, You you cannot go through life without making mistakes. And if you do, I will be the first to tell you that you're living a very bored, boring life. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boring life, not taking rest, uh, just following the, the the current. Yeah, I, you have to make mistakes. You have to fail. You have to figure out what what it is. But I think... What, what works and what doesn't? I feel like the only way you fail or feel like you're failing is you're, when you're giving up, too. You know? I don't... That's just my take on it. That's how I've always felt like, you know, if I make mistakes, I don't feel like I'm failing. But once I feel like I'm failing, it's when I'm giving up on something. You know, um, you know, when you lose, when you miss out on a deal, it hurts, man. It hurts. And it, and, and, uh, depending on how good that deal could have been or would have been, that determines how hard it hurts, you know, and how long it lasts. And uh, um, so, yeah, man, I mean, you know, it hurts and sometimes you never get over it, you know, and you just learn from it, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, but I mean, if, if you fail enough times, you know, you learn how to get up and dust yourself off and, you know, uh, you know, hey, I'd rather fail and 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 than to never have tried. You know. Yeah, I think that. W- well, I guess the where where we're seeing is two different definitions of failing. You know, I'm more thinking failing is like done. Like, let's say this podcast. Like, this podcast, it's growing. We're, I'm trying to do my best with it. I'm constantly learning with it, but. The only way I feel I failed this podcast is if I didn't try on it and if I gave up and put it aside. Uh, for you, I'm kind of, I'm kind of saying or feeling the way you're saying is like you need to fail to keep moving forward. Well, it, it, no, what I'm saying is, I mean, let's take for example your podcast. If after a while you put it to the side, doesn't mean you fail. Just means that you know it lived out its course. You know it played out. It, it played the course, and yeah, you know, put it aside and you keep moving. And then maybe uh, your next podcast is Padelante or something like that, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm failing. I guess everybody's got a definition of uh, their own definition of failure, but. Uh, you know, to me, failure is never trying. Never trying. And I, I would being, agree with that. For being, sure. a, being afraid of 
being afraid of failing is failing, you know? You know, I use this analogy with my kids all the time. You know, I played a, I, I played a lot of sports, and uh, my favorite sport was baseball. Uh, and, you know, you have the batter, right, inside the batter's box. And then the guy that's on deck is on the – he's on the on-deck circle, right? He's next to bat, and he's swinging the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you forever, Jorge, stay in the on-deck circle, like say the, the batter – strikes out or gets a hit and it's your turn to go up but you're not ready and you let the guy that's still in the dugout go oh hey Juan go ahead man I'm not ready Orale. and then Juan goes up there and it strikes out hey Chewy hey ponle. you know I'm not ready you know and you constantly just stay in the on deck circle I tell my kids get out of the on deck circle and get into the batter's box man if you get hit by the pitch you get a you got a, a free base if you strike out, we'll chinga. You, you struck out, you'll get your turn back in. Get out of that on deck circle, bro. Dude, you know? I, love, so, I love that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, get into the batter's box, bro. Get into the batter's box and, 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 you know, swing the bat. Swing the bat, man. I love that analogy, man. I, I, and already you're like changing my perspective on things or, introducing a new perspective and i love that um like i said different definitions to it um, and it's free too it's free it's free just subscribe to the podcast <laughs> i'm not even charging you for it bro <laughs> this is good. this is gonna be like a therapy session <laughs> hey i uh people have said that this is the best kind of therapy right conversations there you go there you and go it's free man. Hey, so we talked a little bit before the podcast. You mentioned uh, you don't drink. Um, I did bring a, a drink on the podcast. Do you mind if I partake? Yeah, that is time. Yeah. All right. So what we do here on the podcast, we bring new drinks that we've never tried. And this okay. is 19 Crimes Wine. And it's Martha's Martha Stewart Chardonnay. I saw it in an Leche Beezers, and I wanted to try it out. But I want to ask you something, uh, being a bar, bar owner, have you heard about letting the wine breathe? Because I've heard that plenty of times, and I don't really know what it means. Obviously, I know that, you know, open it up and let it breathe, but do you know why? Well, you know, so my son, Patricio, so you've been to Hymas Place, George? Jorge? Yes, a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the guy behind the bar is my son, Patricio, the guy with the big beard. Uh-huh. And um, Well, behind the bar, because the times I've uh, been, I've ordered drinks from a window. Yeah, okay. So, but the guy, the, I don't know if you've seen the guy with the beard. That's my son, Patricio. And okay. he's the wine, he's the wine... Because he used to live in Austin and he used to serve, he used to be a server at the JW Marriott. And uh, he knows a lot about wine. But anyway, um, so I think, I think, why do you let it breathe? Shit, bro. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I'd have to, uh, I'd like to use a lifeline, Jorge. Fair enough. I'd like to call my I'd like to call my son Patricia so he can help me out with that answer. 
For sure, go ahead. I mean, here's the here's the here's the beauty thing of this podcast, Jaime. Uh, this this is what we say. This is too hard, too fast, and we don't check facts. So, so you, you, could, you, could, you could just make up something at this point, and I'll be like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spread any uh, misinformation. We got another. We got enough of that shit going on with our government. Ooh, you know, so. and, and I thought you were gonna say Joe Rogan. I don't know if you're a Joe Rogan fan, but you know, you know. And I heard about that too. You know, brother. Since I opened up Hymas Place, uh, you know, I dedicate my life to Hymas Place and and to the opportunity that it's that is at hand. Uh, so to, just to go back to why the wine breeze, I have no freaking idea, man. You know, <laughs> I know there's a science to it, probably with the uh, fermentation of the grapes, que la chingada, but, I, <laughs> but, but more scientific than that, I don't know. And, uh, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, you know, exactly. uh, hey, me either. Look, this is too hard, too fast. We don't check facts. I poured it, it all Salud. in the mason jar. Salud. Salud. Muchas gracias for being on. Of course. And I don't want to call you George. Don't call me George. I prefer Jorge. Pues entonces, ¿por qué te presentas como Jorge, como George? Because la gente de San Antonio que se cree mucho que no habla español. Oye, <laughs> que esté en la última vez, hermano. Eres Jorge. Jorge. You know? And if they ask for clarification, then you make it easy for them. Excuse me? Yes, Jorge, to make it easier. But that's what, that, that's my two cents, you know? And, and, and forgive me for being so blunt and uh, direct. But anyway. No, no hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, actually, I appreciate it. I, you know, everybody, I don't know why. It, 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 it's, it's been a long time. And then really the only time I've ever heard Jorge was when I was in trouble. <laughs> Uh, yeah. with my mom so I think maybe that's why I gravitated towards like letting people call me George because if I heard Jorge you know I was getting la, la chancla yeah. <laughs> yeah. the dreaded chancla <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> so el, el pizcaso híjole man I hated, I hated that shit man my 95 year old mother and believe you me I'm her youngest right well I'm the six of seven I'm the youngest boy uh, and I'm 50, I'll be 57 in March and I'm her youngest, right? That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, she, she busts my chops all the time, man. Yeah. What do you think about that wine? You know, I'm a fan of 19 Crimes. I'm, I'm a really big fan of it. But this Martha Stewart, I've had better Chardonnays. Yeah. You know, uh, I... And then we usually do like a, a, percent, a, a rating scale. So from 1.0 to 2, using decimals, uh, based, I like the design. It's eye-catching, obviously, her face there. The cork, I really thought the cork was cool. It has her face. Huh. Very interesting. Um, good alcohol level, if that's what you're into, 13.8. <laughs> this is too hard, yeah. too fast. Of course, we like the more percentage, the better. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so my son Patricio, he knows a lot about wine. Chingos about wine. That's my son Patricio, who used to be a server at the JW in Austin. 
you know, they sold all kinds of wines. And then my youngest, Jacob, he's a copywriter for a for Republic National, uh, which is the distributorship for wines and spirits. You know, right. so uh, he gets a lot of he gets a lot of wines. You know, uh, a lot of fancy lot wines. Of, yeah. And, and but because he works for that company, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. so cool. Um, me, I'm just the the partaker. I am the the customer in this end. And so, from my rating, I would do this a a 1.45, which is a what? fair rating. It's not high. It's a little bit on the medium scale. I um, it's a fair score. I feel. And, and and what's the highest? A 2.0? A 2.0 is for like, you know, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 1.45. Yeah, man, that's, you know. I will consider cool. a 1.45 is more like, hey, if, you, if you're walking through the store, you're in HEB, you know, you're grabbing your fajitas and you see this, you see the wine there, go ahead and grab it. It's going to be decent for you. Yeah. Now, well, if it was know, like higher end, like 1.68, then you will find the HUB that is selling it or the specs or whatever, you know? You, you, know, you know that there's a lot of psychology and, and, and that goes into to placement also, right? So you say you're going through HUB and you're looking at the fajitas. If you, if you grab that bottle of wine from the bottom shelf, you know it's le- lesser quality. If you if 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 you got it at eye level, you know, right there, easy to grab, that's probably your better brand because, you know, uh, companies pay for uh, shelf placement, you know. So, right. yeah, man. Uh, and, 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 and guess where I found this one? Like what part of the aisle? Well, if, if I if if based on your based on your score. Because a 2.0 is a hundred, right? Zero is zero, so one is fifty, and you're and you're doing it at a 1.45, so it's less than fifty percent. I would say probably slightly below eye level. Very very close. So it was yeah. below eye level. Yeah, but I think the reason it was eye catching was because it was near the check out aisle so i was on my way out when i saw yeah. it and obviously her face caught my eye yeah and, and it was right next nice. to yeah and it was right next to snoop dogg's wine and i've had that one before and it's super good nice. uh, but it was right next to it and so i was like perfect let me try it out let's see how it goes well you know i am uh i am uh thrilled to be part of the episode that is uh that is tasting uh martha stewart's uh wine <laughs> would you put this kind of wine on your place or how, you know, how, do, how does choosing actually how does choosing alcohol and beers go in at your place Jaime's place well you know so i know nothing absolutely zero about craft beers about IPAs, Pilsners, I don't know nothing about that, right? Um, uh, so I leave all of that to my son, Patricio, who knows all of that, right? And the wine selection. 
the only the only input that I have is because we get our distributorship is this this company Republic uh, distributorship, right? I tell them that I don't want to be selling anything that HEB sells, right? <laughs> because I mean, you know, we're in the business of making money, right? right. And uh, and and because of where we're located, our profit margin is slim. You know, I can't. You know, our beers. You know, you know, they're. You go to the Pearl, you're gonna pay five dollars a beer, right? Or or four fifty or four twenty five for Bud Light. You're not gonna pay that here, you know. Right. And and so uh, so it's a threading of a needle, if you will. So you know, if 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 Jorge goes to H E B and I'm charging them, you know, twenty dollars for a bottle of uh, Martha Stewart Chardonnay, Chinga, he goes, man. I just saw it for $5.99 at, at damn H-E-B. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Patricio is all about taste. And from what I hear, we have a very good wine. I mean, it's good wine. We sell some wine. We're mainly a beer drinking bar, but um, uh, but that's how we select it. Patricio selects all the crafts and all the IPAs and Pilsners. and uh, And then he also selects the wines, and my input on that is that we don't we don't we sell uh, bottles of wine that are not carried by HEB because just it makes better sense, you know. Right, and I'm glad you mentioned you know the the selection of beer at HEB and you know that needle that you're threading because you know I I. I came to college here at Our Lady of the Lake, which is in, in the West Side too, and so I'm very familiar with the West Side. You know, I've my my wife is actually from a West Sider, so nice, very familiar. So yeah. what I know from HEB on the West Side, which I've gone to Las Palmas, uh, the one on Commerce, I've gone to El Mercado. The thing, El Mercado probably has a bigger, more uh, more selection, but let's say the one commerce where it's near your location. Sure. That H-E-B, Puro, Budweiser, Bud Light, Miller Light, that's it. You might well, find makes, a shiner at best. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, you got to know who your audience is, right? Right. But, I, you know, I've gone to your place and you have a variety of, uh, beers, different beers, not just your Bud Light, your Budweiser. Of course, you have those, but you have a good selection. Of course, you're saying your son, you know, is is introducing these craft beers. How how has those sales? Do those sales do well here on the west side? Because I don't know, I don't know if you remember the time we spoke, but we we're the time I went to when I met you the first time, and it was a long time ago. Sure. Um, there was a, I had asked about, you know, that most people here on the West side, they just mostly try to drink, you know, the Miller lights, the Budweiser's, things like that. So I was mm -hmm. curious how that works with your bar. Like what, do you, what, what do you see going on? Well, you know, so our tagline, right? Hymas place built 
for the barrio. Our t-shirts, our I don't know if you know our t-shirts, but it has the zip code 78207 across, you know, which is the zip code we live in. And historically, Jorge, we are in the most underserved part of the city. Has been for decades, right? Decades upon decades upon decades. So, you know, and there's not really any established, we're not like the Pearl where you have, you have the Pearl and multiple businesses within the Pearl, but walk a little bit to Broadway, right? And then you have all that development along Broadway, right? Southtown is the same way. You've got all that development over there and business upon business upon business that, that young people like yourself love going to because you're able to frequent multiple establishments within that one trip. The east side is having that as well. Well, the west side, you know, we're the last boy, the last girl asked to the dance, right? You know, that dreaded G word is making its way over the bridge, you know, gentrification, you know, and, you know, for whatever your, your, your thoughts are on that, that's, 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 that's a whole nother subject and that's a whole nother episode, right? But, but, you know, my jefita and my jefito, right? My dad passed away in 2004, 2004. Over the years, we accumulated all these properties here on this block. And, you know, um, it used to be a mechanic shop, Jaime's place. And then, you know, my eldest brother and sister who are both in their 70s, mid 70s, mind you, right? They retired, the business, the, the, the building was kind of falling into dis, disrepair. I asked my then my mom then back then 12 years ago, my mom, and that's chance. She goes, yes. So I started cleaning up, created Hymas Place. This is kind of what it evolved to. And you know, there's construction taking place in front of Hymas Place right now. And that's part of the 2017 bond, which basically, Jorge, is gonna connect the western edge of downtown to the inner west side from the Alasan Creek to downtown, they're giving us new drainage, sewer, water, gas, sidewalks, postas, loose, you know, underneath the bridge, they're gonna make it really, really nice. The bridge, they're gonna put new LED lights. Champion, man, they're gonna connect us, right, to downtown. But, you know, we're two years, we're two to three years ahead of schedule, meaning Hymas Place, right? Porque uh, there's not much other development over here for people to make their way over the bridge. If you're coming over the bridge, you're either going to Hymas Place and that's about it, or going home. Yeah. Right? Right. So when 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 we when I came up with the tagline, Hymas Place, 78207, built first and foremost for the barrio, right? Because the community has never really had, you know, there's you know, if you're from the West Side, you've kind of been stigmatized. You know, oh, you're from that. Oh, shit, man. Go, you know, don't go there past dark. You know, it's it's got a rat, bad rap, you know. Um, so. You only eat at Danny's, not at Roy's. Yeah, you know, whatever, right? I mean, so built for the barrio, first and foremost. I built it for the barrio and beyond. Later on, the beyond will come. So really, your question about 
craft beers. You know, on Thursdays, we have $3 draft beers, pints. That's cheap. We have electric jellyfish. We have uh, Weathered Souls. Uh, we got some damn good beers, you know, on oh, yeah. tap. Uh, All beer from Fredericksburg, Texas. So more and more people are, are finding out about uh, High Miss Place. Um, so the craft beers are selling, but again, we're 95% outdoors, and right now it's cold, bro. And us Mexicanos, we don't like the cold too much. No, but you got those heaters. And uh, here's what I'm going to say. I think I should tell you my story before we go any further. Uh, when I first, my very first uh, Jaime uh, experience, because it was an experience for sure. Um, and I say that in a, as a compliment, like, I'm a big fan of experiences, and if I didn't have that experience when when I went to the first time, I wouldn't have gone back. So when I first went to Jaime's place was, I feel like, one of the first few times or the early times when we were allowed back out. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my dogs are going a little crazy. So... It was one. Of, it was one of the few times where, or the early times when it, when we were allowed out from the from the shutdown, right? And you know, I was still very hesitant. I was like, I'm not going out, not going anywhere. And my friend was visiting from New York, I believe he was living at the time. He came over, and I was like, dude, this is new place. And he came to college with me here on the west side, so. I was like, you won't believe, like, we know the bars around the west side, like, we usually don't go to them, you know, I don't want to talk down about anybody, but right. usually it's not, it's usually just local locals, like, yeah. la gente, you know, right. and so, I was like, dude, they just opened this Hymas place, and it looks, it looks freaking cool from outside, I haven't been, but I've been wanting to try it out, and they got music sometimes, and I... Like every time I pass by there, I want to try it out. He's like, since you're here, you want to try? He goes, let's go. And so, boom, we went. It was me and nice. him just hanging out. Estaba frío. It was cold. Yeah. It was cold, yeah. man. And you had we tried to sit by by the heaters, and man, we had a good time. I think we also ate wings there. Yeah. But by the time we ordered them, we were a little bit buzzies. <laughs> uh, and that's when I saw you, and that's when when I first met you, and like I say, it's a long time. So you were, I saw you going to almost every table, talking to everybody, picking up drinks. And I don't know who mentioned it, but I was like, hey, that's Jaime. That's the one that, that owns the bar. I'm like, dude, and he's picking up drinks? Like, that's that's badass. Like, the, you know, you know he, really ca he really cares about his place. Hold on. And at that time, at that time, my friend was like, "Dude, it would be cool to have him on the podcast, you know, bringing up people that are, you know, la gente, like raza, yeah. you know." Yeah. And that's what yeah. I care about, one hundred percent. We met up. You came, talked to us. You were super gracious. You gave me your number, and obviously, you know, this is twenty twenty two, and I, this was when I met you. It was twenty twenty, and imagine, man, I thought I lost your number, and I somehow found it. Yeah, like I'm gonna see if he, I'm gonna see if he still is down, and it is, yeah. I'm gonna be like a super creeper and be like, "Hey, remember me?" <laughs> yeah, no, man, it's uh, you know, 
you know, people people are are freaked out about me busting cables, you know, and uh, you know, my dad again, you know, I I was raised in a restaurant. My dad, man, my dad was chingara chingon mi jefito, but he we had a restaurant down the street called Las Brisas. Uh, so you went to uh, you went to our little like you know Siete Mares. Siete Mares, yes. We used to own that building. It used to be called Pancho's Grill before it was Siete Mares. My dad sold the building to uh, to the Siete Mares people back wow. in the day. So you know, people freak out that I'm that I'm a bus boy, or you know, that's all I want to do, bro. I just want to be out there. I don't want to be the behind the fucking bar. Excuse my language. I don't want to be behind hey, the bar. Hey, you can drinks. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it, you know, but but I want to be out there, you know, busting tables uh, con la gente, you know. Uh, it's no big deal for me to bust tables. It's, I don't I don't see it as, as as anything special, but, you know, people seem to think that that's, that's a cool deal, you know, that the owner's busting tables. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't, you see it, but you don't see it a lot. And I think that's why I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's cool, man. Well, you know, plus I don't want I don't want you to see all the beers you're drinking, so I'll take them away, so, <laughs> so it'll look like you just got there. <laughs> yeah, so you forget. <laughs> Man, but I had a great see, time. If, if you see if you see ten beer empty beer bottles on your table, you go say, "A la madre, I better stop." <laughs> no, no, fuck that. Screw, no, the heck with that, man. I'm going to take them away and only have one there. Oh, ching, apenas es la primera. That's funny. And Jaime, don't hold back. You can fucking cuss on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's up to you. Feel free. I, I do. I, I do have a tendency to, to throw the f bomb sometimes. You know, makes me feel better. Hey, it makes me. Yeah, uh, uh, it it gets that point across. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but um, so let's go back. That twenty twenty, you opened it during the pandemic. During almost uh, uh, right around the shutdown, uh, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? What the hell was going on? You know, you know, um, it was crazy times. And, you know, so prior to me doing Hymas Place, I was a I, uh, I, I bought and sold cars and I was going down to the Rio Grande Valley once a week probably for about 10 years, man. Era una friega, man. Chinga, bro. Driving every week to, to the valley to buy cars. Uh, I talked to my wife of 31 years. And I said, you know what, mija? Mija. I said, um, I said, you know, at this rate, I'm never going to open up Hymas Place, right? Uh, so we crunched some numbers. And she goes, okay, well, do it. Do it, you know, 100% of the time. Was it so, your dream to always have a bar? Was that like your... No. No, not at all. I, I, you know, it's really about the opportunity, whatever opportunity, you know, to open up a business, you got to see what the needs of the community are, right? You got to see what's happening around you. And, you know, so being here at these properties on Commerce Street, so close to downtown, I knew that this construction that is taking place right now in front of us, that had been planned, you know, almost 10 years ago. It was part of the 2017 bond. 
But before 2017 bond, it had already been it had already been making its way to get on the bond, right? So I knew that what they were proposing. I knew that the new president of UTSA, Dr. Amy, that these three new buildings were going to be going up for UTSA. Uh, I knew that Dr. Amy wanted to increase enrollment from 5,000 to 15,000. I knew that that dreaded G word was going to make, it was the tentacles were going to start reaching over the bridges, right? The West Commerce, the Buena Vista and Guadalupe Bridge, that gentrification was going to rear its ugly head into the barrio. So, you know, you know, I'm not a mechanic and I didn't want to work on damn cars. You know, <laughs> yep. uh, my plan wasn't to uh, activate the kitchen, but because the pandemic, the only way I was going to be able to open up is if I got a food and beverage license because that's what Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission, TABC said, Jaime, if you want to open up, you need to serve food so that you can be labeled a restaurant, right? So, but Nimolo, man, I got a food and beverage license. I did hot dogs, I did Frito pies, I still do those, wings, quesadillas, nachos, and boom, you know? So, um, uh, the reason, it, it was crazy. I was $800 from running out of money, man. I was running out of money quick, man. I was, I was, I was going to run out of money before even opening up. Thank God for opening weekend because we had a, a hell of a opening weekend, you know, and uh, help me put Puro a pinche party. Puro <laughs> pinche party. You know, and the community has really bought into the to Hymas place. It's a nice place, man. It's something that you would feel comfortable bringing your, your wife to, you know, and we're kid friendly, bro. So, I mean, you know, and what I hear about from the community is that because, hey, we used to go to my dad, my mom and dad used to take me to Contreras Ice House up the street or to Roy's Ice House or to Stanley's or to all these ice houses that dotted the west side. You know, the community was used to back then their parents took them to the ice houses. Right. And now, you know, why not let kids come here? You know. You know, the Northsiders do it, you know, with with uh, with all these hamburger joints, you know. It's puro pinche party anyway, and the kids get to run around and stuff, you know. So that's that's kind of the model we followed, you know. Yeah, and it really is, uh, you know, hey, you drive by there on a Saturday, maybe early Thursday, you see, like, the cool West Side, uh, not West Side cars, but, like, the, the lowriders low almost, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so we have, you know, we have car shows here sometimes and, uh, you know, um, you know, it's good. I mean, the community's really bought in. I like that. I mean, like I said, I had a great time there. It's been uh, a really good place to, to head out to. Um, and you were running out of money. I can't believe that because... Well, I mean, like, I've heard or read where a bar, it's mostly just losing money for the first three years. But then again, any business is losing money for the first three years until you either you make it or break it. I think that's what they say. The three-year mark is the make it or break it. 
I don't know. What do you feel like on that end for your for your place, Jaime's place? You know, man. So, you know, being a small business owner, you wear multiple hats. You know, I don't have the luxury of having uh, uh, accountants on staff, bookkeepers on staff, restaurant anal uh, uh, analytics. Uh, you know, man, I'm, I, I do it all. I, I, I do payroll. I do, I do ordering. I do my own bookkeeping. I do, I bust tables. I run food. I sometimes serve drinks. I mean, we wear multiple hats, you know, so we're very resilient. So, you know, the three-year mark, you know, I hope so, man. You know, I just started year two. Um, you know, we're going through a slow part of the season. Uh, you know, I'm hoping for warmer weather. I, of course, it ain't going to happen this week. It's going to be pretty damn slow. So, <laughs> man, you know, tighten the faja, you know, and uh, yeah. uh, cut expenses and and just tighten up the belt, Jorge, and, and, you know, get more time under our belt, expose, giving more people the opportunity to visit Hymas place and to have a, a wonderful experience, right? A uh, come visit the West side, come visit what Hymas place is all about. And I encourage people to visit our website and to visit our mission, to read our mission statement, to read our ethos and to, um, you know, to know what we're about and, and preserving the culture of this working class community, this, community that has been left to fend for itself for so long, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, we're, we're, that's, that's what Highness Place is all about is, is uh, resiliency and, and perseverance and, and being welcoming to, uh, to everyone, you know, like our ancestors taught us. And, and I don't want to keep you too long. I, we're getting close to our time, but I have a few questions, and now that you mentioned, you know, keeping our cultura or keeping our culture, and we mentioned the that dreaded G word, gentrification. How do you see yourself um, keeping the culture of the West Side? Because the West Side is it's it's its own animal from San Antonio, you know, and I'm sure you know that more than I do because I'm I'm a transplant to the West Side, right. Um, how would how would Hymas Place keep that culture while you see that UTSA and the rest of downtown is making its way across that Commerce Bridge? Well, you know, so there's there. I don't know if you've ever been to San Diego, California, but but in San Diego, there is a area of San Diego called Barrio Logan, right? And Barrio Logan once was once a blighted community and kind of very similar to what the West Side is right now. And um, Barrio Logan has transformed itself with the help of some really solid community leaders into a cultural destination, right? So uh, I, I believe that 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 the west side of San Antonio has an opportunity to brand itself as a cultural destination, right? You have the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Theater. You have 
Sananto Cultural Arts Nonprofit Organization. You see all these murals along the walls of all around the West Side, which was uh, which was uh, painted and, and, and processed by Sananto Cultural Arts. You have CC. You have the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. You have El Museo del West Side. You have El Rinconcito. You have all these different organizations. Uh, cultural destinations or, or art, art, uh, arts and culture here in the West Side. So I think we have an opportunity uh, and and uh, to to attract that new type of tourist, right? Because there's that new tourist, the younger tourists, they want to go visit the lo where the locals go, right? And and I believe that. With, with with my involvement in the community and local politics here in the area, uh, if we're able to to brand the inner west side as Sananto's cultural heartbeat, you know, and, and, and stay true to our Tejano roots, you know, mis papas son de Mexico, you know, but I'm not trying to go back to live in Mexico, right? I love Mexico. Yo soy pura sangre mexicana, right? You know, born in USA, pero hecho the puros Mexicanos, right? I'm right, and, and 100%. That's who, I, that's who I am. You know, I'm 100% Mexican blood, born in, in the United States of America, and this is my home. I don't want to go back. So, so I wanna, I wanna showcase the contributions that the Tejanos have made to this wonderful fabric, right? And 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 I wanna showcase that we're not, we're not. We're not immigrants. We've we've been here. We've you know? been here, baby. <laughs> yeah, the, the border crossed us. You know. <laughs> now, my parents they migrated. They didn't immigrate. They just they just left. You know, less than three hundred miles away, bro. They just came pal norte. They didn't they didn't do they didn't go across the Atlantic or the Pacific. You know, those are the real immigrants. We just kind of just wandered over here. You know. Yeah. We migrated. You know. Uh, so, um, you know, I just want to showcase the very many talents of, of, of the Tejanas and the Tejanos here, in, 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 in especially in the West Side, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just piggybacking on what you're saying, I, I've i said this many times on the podcast. I was born in Mexico, but I've been Texan, raised, and here in the U.S. is where I want to be. So I'm proud of both, man. I'm proud that I'm from Mexico, but I'm proud that I get the opportunity to live here in the U.S. So I'm proud of both. I don't want to lose my culture. I don't want to lose the West Side either. You know, like, that's that's part of me, regardless if I'm just a transplant here. It's part of me. Um, but I, you know what, I see you, it now. Be I'm gonna. Um, you're not asking for this advice or this my opinion, but be careful, Jorge, because the minute that you begin to normalize being called George, you know that you begin to fray, fray, f r a y, la la cobija begins to come apart, the fray. It begins to, to disconnect, disconnect, to disconnect. You know, you're not, you know, you know, I'm not Jamie 
fuck that. They try to say, hey, welcome to Jamie's place. What the fuck is that? You know? That was going to be no, one of my questions. No, like, hey, no. when that when that pinched downtown comes over and they're like, we're going to Jamie's. Come on, bro. You know, now, and I understand that that, that my Caucasian brethren might have, or that might have a hard time saying hi, man. You know, I'm okay with hi, me, but just not Jamie, right? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, small, it's crazy, but, but, but be careful because the chingan, they don't, not the chingan, the un chingazo. Little by little, they start chipping away, bro, and they take away little by little. They quitan la cultura, and one of the one of those ways is by George being okay being called George. He's starting to identify as George. You know? Yeah, you know what? I've I've gone on to this uh, on this, and I, I'll say it again. This podcast. It's given me a lot of perspective and a, and a lot of things that I myself have uh, have given up or made mistakes in with the fact like, you know, I've said this before. I was, I came across some discrimination, especially for my accent. And what you hear now, like when I'm talking my voice it's so weird because i've tried to lose that mexican accent you are and, who and you I'll, are bro no and you know usually people you know people that listen to this podcast they'll know the more of this the more the mexican accent comes out <laughs> <laughs> the more tired i am the more it comes out but you know i i recognize it I lost my true Mexican accent a long time ago. And now it's just like whatever's left and whatever is mixed into whatever I tried to do. And yeah. that's one of the biggest, you know, that I say I don't have regrets, but that's uh, one of the biggest shames I I have that, that I tried to do that. Well, but that's okay. You know, at least you recognized it. You recognize it and you're going to correct it, you know. Uh, last night I was I, I I stayed at my mom's house last night, and because um, uh, we're caring for an elderly parent, um, uh, I was watching PBS and it was uh, man, it was it brought me to tears about you know the struggle that these that our gente from Central America and from Mexico you know have to endure coming over and and, and a lot of our of these people. In Brooks County, which is just south of us, over 2,000 people have died from, from dehydration. And this one girl who grew up in, I think, McAllen, she got her PhD from, uh, I think, the University of Houston, but she had to take all her courses online because of the interior checkpoint. Like you from... From Piedras, right, or or from uh, what is the what is the border town to where you're at? Uh, Eagle Pass. But what is it? It's Piedras, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's where actually where I was born, Piedras Negras. So Piedras Negras, right? I used to go to Modernos all the time to eat when I lived down there. But anyway, um, you know, it, you know, you have that interior checkpoint, right, where Cruzas. Vamos a, let's just suppose that a undocumented makes their way to Eagle Pass. Well, you know, 
for the entire for your entire life that that undocumented person can will live can live between Eagle Pass and that interior checkpoint, right? Which is further up the road, right? So this girl who got her PhD, she talks about and this and this program talks about how the US government has this buffer zone all along the southern border of interior checkpoints that keep those that cross from further crossing because of that interior checkpoint, right? So, you know, um, uh, I guess you're, we were talking about, about the, anyway, anyway it, it's, uh, it was a fascinating story. And if you're able to look it up, it was on an independent lens. It was a beautiful story about, uh, about our people trying to make a better life for themselves, really, yeah. right? Just trying and to make how, it any way they can, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much how the Irish did it and, and everybody else from the other side. The British, you know, people from England, when they came over, they are just looking for a better life. Yeah. You know? you know what? You know, now that we're here and I, you know, I, I like I said, I'm trying to keep to our time, but I think this conversation is so interesting because I've had it multiple times, but never with somebody like you right now, like you've, you've, you've experienced life more than I have because, you know, our age difference, but one thing can make mal, like it, it, it pisses me off is that, you know, I'm recognizing my faults for, for what I've, what I thought I was going through and what I needed to do. And, you know, changing things, but the thing that gets me most is how we pull ourselves down or we stay silent. You know, you know, maybe, you know, so one of my t-shirts, I don't know if you remember, it's, uh, it's the Theo Sam. Maybe you can see it. I have a, you see that right there? That Theo oh, yeah, Sam? yeah. Uh-huh. That, that, that's from, that's taken from the U.S. Army used to have a Uncle Sam that said, pointing like that, I want you, right, to join the Army, right? Uh, I have I Emiliano have Zapata dressed as Uncle Sam with that Mexican sash across Ooh, the El bigotón. Huh? El bigotón. El bigotón, right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and in the back of that T-shirt, in the back of my T-shirt, you know, it says unbow your head. So, you know, you talk about a lot of us were silent. Sometimes we're overly subservient, you know? We're 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 overly subservient, you know, and, and, and that's just I mean, that's just the way we've been marginalized, you know, and, and but no mas, bro, no mas, you know. The, the the marginalization stops the day when Jorge be, stops calling himself George and he starts reclaiming his roots and he says Jorge, right? Jorge, you know, Pinche Jorge. <laughs> you know, that, that's a way. That's a way of reclaiming your true identity. You're right, man. You're right. One hundred percent right. For sure. So I mean, you know. Uh, do we stay silent? Sometimes we have to remain silent because we're undocumented. Sometimes we have to remain silent because, you know, we need that job. 
el pinche mayordomo me va, me va a correr si, si le digo que se vaya a chingar a su madre, you know? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <coughs> you know um, yeah, I mean, you can't blame somebody for being silent, but, you know, but that person will send their kids to college and to get educated so that they don't have to remain silent like maybe their parents had to. Right. What about let's... I, I don't know if you experienced that, but, you know, ever a lot of people that I grew up with experienced that. So I felt like it was a big thing in our culture was to bring ourselves down and not not intentionally. I guess it does go with don't make waves kind of thing, but or pick something realistic like, nah, que te crees, you know, kind of thing. That idea of que te crees. You think, you think, nombre, do something better or do something that that is real, realistic. Have you experienced well, that? You know, I, um, you know, I, 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 uh, I didn't know how in the hell I was going to make a living. I didn't know how in the hell I was going to be able to achieve that American dream of buying a house. because I didn't go to college, man. You know, it wasn't for me, <clears throat> but, uh, I found, Cars, I, I sold cars for many, many, many years, and gracias a Dios, I was good at it, and it allowed me to buy a home and to raise four beautiful kids. And you know, I was raised by immigrant, by, by by parents from from Mexico, right? And uh, you know, we're hard workers. My dad was a hard worker, and he instilled that in me, and I try to instill that in my kids, right? Go get it. And um, you know, I have hardworking kids. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper, right? And live within your means. Right. You know, that's the bottom line. If you make $100,000, Jorge, but your total yearly income expense is $101,000, guess what? You're broke. You're scratching a broke ass. If you're making $100,000, but your total expenses is $101,000, you're broke, man. At the end right. of the year, you're scratching a broke ass. But yet, that one person that makes $30,000 and his his yearly income, his yearly his yearly expenses, say $15,000, $16,000, he's got money left over. You know? So, you know, it just it's a it's a matter of living within your means and and I tell all my kids, get yourself a side hustle, you know, you know, don't be conformed with eight to five. I've never been an eight to five guy. I'd go crazy if I was eight to five. You know, what time is it? Shoot. Uh, it's 740 right now. And I'm still at the office. You know, there's no place. I'd, there's no place I'd rather be than here on Commerce Street because I have a wonderful opportunity to participate in the resurrection of the West Side, right? And rebrand the West Side and not let unbridled development just erase the decades upon decades upon decades. This past weekend, we had the head coach of Lanier High School, of the football team, who is a graduate of Lanier High School. And you know what he said? He was having his, his, his celebration, his... Uh, is he wanted to celebrate him getting the head coach position uh, of the football coach at Lanier 
in the comunidad, and he chose Jaime's place. Y se vino toda la pinche garra. You know, that's what they call Lanier. They, I mean, there was over 100 Lanier uh, uh, alumni here. And let me tell you something, bro. Lanier Volks alumni, whoo, man. They're strong, bro. And they've got chingo de pride. And I was honored to host them. I was, man, because, you know, they're all about community. You know, and, and I'm and I'm grateful that they picked Kaima's place because that's why I built this motherfucker, right? Built for the barrio and beyond. Dude, okra. Dude, Kaima's place. Jaime, not just a bar owner, an intellectual, 100% <laughs> wisdom beyond. Uh, dude, keeping the fucking heartbeat of El Hueso in the west side. I mean, you know, uh, you know, West Commerce was one of those major arteries, right? That 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 went right through the city. And um, you know, if you look up the definition of commerce, it's where where money is exchanged, right? So we're bringing commerce back to West Commerce, and we're 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 dándole para adelante, and and you know, we're we're welcoming everybody, and we're just giving a a a, a little a facelift to the west side here at Hymas Place. And what is it, Commerce and the corner of Colorado? Yes, sir. Commerce in Colorado. Commerce in Colorado. Uh, where can people find more information? So follow us on Facebook. I think it's Hymas uh, Place, S-H-E-X. And Instagram is at Hymas Place. And our website is www. Nobody says www anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> the other beauty thing, I'll put it right here. <laughs> yeah, it's P-U-B. Oh, pub, pub. Yeah, pub. Pub. Hey, not as in pubic as in public. <laughs> it's in public. It's Hymas Place, everybody. Not Jamie's place. It's Hymas Place in the Amen. heart of San Antonio and West Side. Uh, Jaime, I would love to have you back on. I feel like you have so much to share that we can talk about forever. You know, history of San Antonio, the history of the West Side. Dude, we can talk beers. You're not a drinker, but we can talk anything, and I would love to have you back on. Well, yes, sir. And, and I've got enough uh, stories to tell you, uh, uh, drunken stories to tell you also. So it don't matter, man. I, hey, I've been there, done that. Well, we're getting to that. I'm going to ask you your too hard, too fast story. But also, I want to say I need to go to Jaime's place and I need to get me that T-shirt right behind you, the one with the El Bigotón and the 78207 because I'm going to rep that forever. I'm a no no sevener. (laughs) There you go. Yes. You don't have to live with no seven to to, to support. So that's that's the the onda. For sure. Um, So... Last question. What is your too hard, too fast story? A uh, drunken moment where you've gone too hard, too fast, an embarrassing moment, or a cautionary tale, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Um, you know, you know, it's been a while since I drank. So, I mean, I don't really remember too much anymore. 
other than uh, I finally I finally realized that you know uh, it was time to hang up the gloves, man. You know, and and uh, what I what what I felt was again for me. You know, I just quit. That was just it. I, I just had enough, and and I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. That's what it is. Um, was it hard? Nah. Nah. Perfect. Uh, no temptation around the bar? You know, you know, you make a decision, right? You make a decision on a daily basis. And um, you realize that, that, uh, it can get complicated. It can get complicated, you know, and, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with drinking, but right. for Jaime, but for Jaime, um, you know, I just realized that I could reach my full potential that, that, cause dude, I'm, I'm too hard, too fast. 24 fucking seven dog, you know, <laughs> I am, ask my wife, ask my kids. That's what I live by. Before right. Too Hard, Too Fast podcast happened, I was living it. You were too hard. It. And I still live it every fucking day. I just don't drink no more, you know? Yeah. And now I get, I get to, um, you know, yeah, I got, I got, I got energy to lend, bro. And you have to say no more because I understand you. You're probably up super early. You're still at your workplace past almost eight o'clock. So that's going too hard, too fast without having the extra added to it. You know, I used to wake up really early all the time, but since I opened up Hymer's place, let me tell you, man, it's what a chinga, bro. It's chinga. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're busy and we close at one o'clock on Saturdays, by the time we get home, it's two o'clock. And then you go home, te bañas, and me and Tony, we're tight, right? Tony the Tiger. You know, I love my Frosted Flakes. You know, I got to get me a little bowl of Frosted Flakes. By the time I get to bed, 3.45, you know, I don't roll out of bed sometimes till nine o'clock. You know, to me, super early is six, right? Uh, and I used to get up at six, six thirty, but not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, hey, but you're going home. You're going. You're going to bed later. So practically, you're making up the time. So yeah, you're right. Just sense. getting a little bit of sleep. Yeah, sleep in. Uh, yeah, hey, I appreciate this time. I appreciate your wisdom and your stories. And with that said, remember, better be you. Better be weird. Bye. Está loco.